Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kelsey, and with me, Kirsty is not. <laughs> Instead, we have a very special guest to this special, special episode of Hate Watch with us. Do you want to introduce yourself? I'm Frank, and I'm not Kirsty. <laughs> Frank is not Kirsty, but he is very graciously stepping in to hang out with me on an episode since we are just in a little bit of a hiatus waiting for Kirsty to decide she can, you know, let her child sleep for an hour so we can record. I guess. I guess. Selfish being a mother and stuff. Ugh, I know. Uh, Hate Watch News, our third chair is here. <laughs> hey! I'm sure Kirsty will talk all about her, but she's great. <laughs> so I hear. Yes. Um, but in the meantime, Frank, you're here from Beer with Geeks and other things, like Thought Bubble Audio in general. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm that guy they talk about at the end of the episodes. That's I'm one of those guys. Yeah. Um, so because you're here, I am drinking my favorite beer in the whole world. All right. Just for you. And it was smuggled in my carry-on luggage that I had to check, so it's not really smuggled, <laughs> all the way from Texas for this very moment. So I'm drinking a Revolver Blood and Honey. Revolver Blood and Honey. That ooh, that sounds amazing. What is that? It is a delicious, citrusy, um, Hefeweizen, kind of. Nice. Uh that's like kind of hazy and really, really delicious. Mm. It's got blood orange and honey. So that sounds. There so you it, go. Is it a wheat beer? Yeah. Oh, I love, I love a good wheat beer. Back when I didn't like, when I wasn't into beer yet, when I was like 21 and like was like, I can drink beer now. I was, <laughs> I was all about like Blue Moon. And like, oh, yeah. that's like, you know, I mean, that's like, it's good. I still enjoy a Blue Moon, but it's like the basic wheat beer and but you know since then i've expanded my horizons quite a bit but i still have a thing for for a good wheat beer so i pre i love that i appreciate that it is very tasty right on what do you got over there uh i've got a bent water brewing company viscous it's an american pale ale uh and uh yeah it's a local you know massachusetts um lynn massachusetts just a few miles down the road from where i live and uh, it's a delicious, delicious pale ale that I enjoy quite a bit. Well, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. It sounds great. It is. I love it. So now that we have our beers, <laughs> we are going to talk about sort of the spectrum of summer reality television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the spectrum is right. The delightful and the horrifying, yeah. perhaps. Um, <laughs> so we are probably going to start on a bit of a, a hate-watchier note. <laughs> yes. Uh, and we're going to talk about Bachelor in Paradise, which oh, is a show that is alarming for a lot of reasons, but the most <laughs> alarming may be that I learned 
that it was on for four hours per week every week. <laughs> four hours. Do you realize that in the time that that show is on over two nights, you could schedule four shows? Like, that's almost an entire week. Of you could schedule eight half-hour sitcoms. Yes, you could. You could, yes. Yes, oh my god, you're so, I didn't even think about it that way. Oh it's my worse. god. That's so much worse. Yeah, well, uh, uh, it, it, have you ever watched any Bachelor shows before? So the only thing I'd ever seen was when I watched Bachelor Winter Games, the first episode, maybe, for okay. this show. Okay. I watched some of that, too. I think I watched, like, the first one of that and the last one of that. I think I then they were, like, I think that was only four episodes, because my my wife my wife is a big she's all in on the bachelor yeah. Marissa, Marissa's all in on the bachelor um so so during the olympics she was watching winter games and i caught a couple of those and she always watches like the bachelor itself and the bachelorette um but usually i have other shows that i want to watch while that's on um for like that's like my homework for for podcasts but instead, your homework was Bachelor in, in this case, yes. Well, I'll be, I'm going to admit something right up front here because she gives me a little bit of, of a hard time about it sometimes. And that is I do really enjoy Bachelor in Paradise. Like I, I watch it. I've watched every season of Bachelor in Paradise live. <laughs> wow, Frank. I know. And the reason for that is I actually have a, like, moral hatred for The Bachelor and The Bachelorette because I really believe these people are being manipulated um, into saying things and into, like, honestly, into having feelings that they wouldn't have otherwise. I really do believe that. But Bachelor in Paradise doesn't take itself seriously at all. And it's such a, like, joke. Like, it's everybody is in on the joke. Well, almost everybody's in on the joke. (laughs) Almost everybody is in on this joke to the point right. where I find it, I find it really f- entertaining and funny, um, and, and some of the like choices that that production makes in the edit it, are, are really funny. Um, so I find that entertaining, and I, I do watch that every summer. Uh, I, 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 the first time it was on, I was I was as ready to hate it as I was ready to hate any of the other Bachelor shows. And then I got into it a little bit, a few episodes in, and I was like, okay, this is actually kind of fun. I, 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 I'm, and I, I, that is really, this show, I'm realizing as I say it now, this show is where I discovered the true meaning of hate watch. Like, this, <laughs> oh, yes! This was my, like three years ago, I discovered what hate watching was from this show and like really got a, a, a taste for it. And, and, and yeah. I've gone back to the well every summer since. And when you, when you said, let's, let's do this, I was like, yes, let's go! Watch the shit out of this. Yeah, I went in not knowing that there was any like self awareness involved in this show. Mm -hmm. So when I saw that the intro was literally almost paradise and they were using that like camp font, I was like, oh, "Oh, wait, wait. (laughs) And they have them like juggling and like doing bits. Yeah. But, like, I still can't totally tell. I've watched the first episode of the season and then most of the most recent one. Because two hours is just a long time, guys. So much. And I can't totally tell, like, who gets it and who just does not. Yeah. It. But I think there's a spectrum. <laughs> I I very much agree with that. I very much agree with that. 
I think most of the people here, here's what happens with the bachelor. Okay. With, with the bachelor in general is you have these people who are brought into this like fake fairy tale, you know, Cinderella's castle situation. Yeah. It literally takes place in the same house every year. Like their actual bachelor. And do they clean it? Do they clean it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's actually a real rich person's mansion. And every Ew. year they come in and they rent it out and they like repaint it and clean it and everything. And this person just moves out for like three months of the year. That's a terrible Airbnb deal. For real, though. I mean, <laughs> it's the worst Airbnb deal of all time. Although it's probably the best paying one. Yeah. And they, uh, they, 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 you know, bring like twenty five men or women in, and one man or woman is the the bachelor or bachelorette, and they manipulate these twenty five men or women into thinking that they all need to be in love with this one person, and it's like. I can see how you would fall for that. Like you're competing and and you get in your own head and you're like, oh, I need to win. I need to get this person's affection because why? Because that's why I'm here. And you get very yeah. competitive and then you have a producer whispering in your ear that like, hey, you know, if you if you cried like that would really make that you a very sympathetic person right now. And like, you know, maybe you know he or she would pay attention to you like they they manipulate you into doing things you wouldn't normally do or they see what your personality traits are and they play into that and manipulate you into it and i know that sounds like like conspiracy but watch unreal uh i've on, heard that's great it's fantastic i think you would actually enjoy it it's sh- it it's it's written by people who used to work on the bachelor and so it's mm. they blend fact with fiction they fictionalize it obviously it's a tv show it's a drama it's, yeah. uh it's on hulu now and it is fantastic, and it gave me a whole new perspective on The Bachelor, and now I, wa- I hate watch it through those eyes of like, oh man, these are terrible people manipulating quasi-innocent people. I say quasi because like they all become Instagram influencers and try to sell us you know, things that'll make us skinny or whatever, or makeup or oh, face yeah. masks or whatever. So like, you know, they're not <laughs> totally innocent in this, but when they come in, they're just like, oh, I want to meet a person, and they're like, okay, yeah, well, you're totally going to meet this person. Here's what you need to do to make yourself attractive to this person, which is definitely not a problematic message. <laughs> Bachelor in Paradise, though, they're so, it's all so jokey and hokey and cheesy. And there is a there is an element of manipulating these people into saying and doing things, you know, to attract another person. But right. there is more purity to it because they're really it's like. There's like, you know, 10 guys and, and, and 10 women and they're thrown into this beach environment in Mexico and they it's just sort of like whoever gets attracted to each other, that's what happens. So it's, there's a little more reality to it. Yeah, it, it appeared that a lot of people were just on it to change opinion about themselves. <laughs> yes. Based on what they did on The Bachelor or Bachelorette. They've now made it like a an all seasons like franchise where... People who are on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, the people who are like the biggest ratings draw get get sent to paradise and yeah. and and they get to do that. And then you mentioned Winter Games. So now they had a winter version of it, too. So they basically have a four seasons resort on television <laughs> where they just dump these beautiful people who are looking for love and uh, and we get to watch them, you know, destroy their lives. It's 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 fascinating to me because like. And we were talking about this in Slack a little bit. Like, it it will be like, you'll have Joe the Grocer, or Grocery Joe, whatever his... I I have questions about that also when you're done. (laughs) I mean, what? Let's let's talk about it. What's the grocer bit? So he he owns a grocery store, or or works at a grocery store. I think he owns a grocery store. And he was on this most recent season of The Bachelorette. 
for like an episode and he got eliminated I think the first night or the second night or something like that, like very early on. But the audiences really liked him, so they brought him back for Paradise. I call him cheap Mark Ruffalo. (laughs) He is. He is. Oh, my God. He's like kind of better looking than Mark Ruffalo, though. Like kind of. Yeah, but he's on The Bachelor in Paradise. Fair point. (laughs) Fair point. But he seems like a good guy. I actually really like him. Um, I mean, if I had to choose. Right. Yeah, Yeah, sure, sure. But but yeah, so he's like sitting there at the bar, and and the bartender is Wells. Wells was on, uh, I think, The Bachelorette a few years ago, and and I guess he happens to be a bartender. So they're like, oh great, let's make him the bartender on Paradise, and like they'll all like relate to him or whatever. So like yeah. Joe and Wells are talking about Joe's feelings and how <laughs> uh, Crystal went on a date with somebody else and how Joe's all brokenhearted. And this sounds serious, except that the whole time they're playing like honky-tonk piano music that you'd hear in like a, <laughs> a, a an 1870s saloon or something oh, yeah back to the future part three you know when marty mcfly is in the bar it's yep. like that it's like the cheesy you know or Westworld for a more you know modern reference um it, it's just like you know he walks in the bar and he's like hey bartender let me let me let me drown my sorrows in the sarsaparilla <laughs> And the piano music starts, and that's literally playing in the background as he's like actually talking about his actual sadness <laughs> at this girl so he likes went on a date with somebody else. <laughs> but I also, so you clarified something for me because I didn't understand if the bartender was like a, a Cheers character oh, or yeah. like is that his full time role and he just does not get paid enough for it? Or like, <laughs> what's happening here? Is he a can? Conte- do we call them contestants a participant yeah not, yeah i guess i don't know um fun fun fact so well <laughs> wells used to be wells was on i think bachelorette and maybe was on an episode a season of bachelor in paradise i don't remember yeah but um before wells there was jorge jorge the bartender oh no yeah um jorge <laughs> was a racist stereotype <laughs> oh no because he is a man who is from mexico presumably lives uh, where, where this is shot yeah. And he speaks English, but not not particularly well. So he was basically a racist prop that they were like, oh, uh, yeah, this is what, you know, Americans think that Mexico's like. So let's get this guy in here. You know, all these Americans who've yeah. only ever been to like a resort for a wedding once in, in Mexico ever. Let's bring this guy in and he'll, you know, he'll feel like a non-threatening, uh, you know, sort of rex- uh, racist stereotype. And I was like, oh, good for them for like putting that aside and they brought in wells who's like an, okay fine he's like a, yeah you know, in in the franchise whatever fine great then they bring in yuki i yeah i was gonna ask you about that so you watched you watched winter games do you want to tell everybody who yuki is she was on winter games that's all i know <laughs> she was on winter games she was she i think was on like whatever japan's version version of the bachelor yeah. was she was a contestant on that. And that was the thing with Winter Games. It was like, oh, it's like the Olympics. Let's bring people from all over the world who were on the different adaptations of The Bachelor all over the world. And, you know, she's like this sweet, uh, sweet, like on the younger side, former former Bachelor contestant. And they brought her in basically because she's another racist stereotype. Like they brought her in uh, yeah. to use her as a racist stereotype. You know what I mean? Like that was... Not cool, in my opinion. So she just stands there, and Wells is the narrator. And I'm not sure if in the in the either of the episodes you saw if this happened because I don't think it happens every episode. Did you see this stuff? I saw some of this. Yeah. 
so like Wells is like, okay, so here's what's happening. You know, Joe is going out with so and so, and you know, she's going out with him, and he's going out with her, and blah, but she's mad at him because he said yes to her date, blah, blah blah. And basically, it's like narration recap, and Yuki just repeats whatever Wells says in either broken English or Japanese with with subtitles and she's just there as a prop and it's not okay because she's a human being and she shouldn't just be there as like she's not even tending bar she just stands behind the bar with him and like giggles and repeats what he says because she's told to and it's not okay no it is not okay it's so bad it's so bad yeah so so the bar's got some some stuff going on the bar's got some stuff going on but but thankfully they limit them to two drinks per hour since, Do they? Since last year. Oh. There, there was an incident last year. I'll, I'll let oh, people no. read on that. Um, oh, no. There was an incident last year involving consent. Oh, is, that was a thing, wasn't that it? That was a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. They, they, they leaned right into that uh, for ratings, which I didn't approve of either. Yikes. But um But ever since then, they they um they limit them to drinks per, two drinks per hour, so they're not super hammered like they used to be. Ah, uh. Um, which is good. Sometimes I would good. like someone to limit me to two drinks per hour. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> Not on the regular, but once in a while, you just need that person. Just need a little guardian angel over your right shoulder being like, do you really need another bent water? Are you, you're good. You're yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, so can I ask you now about Weird Al? Weird Al. Weird oh, Al. Weird Al. I know you're talking about. <laughs> Is that, uh, what's his name? Uh, I used to call him Kenny G. Uh, Leo? Yeah, yep, Leo. Yep, same guy. So I, I got a treat um, watching him in the Did most you know? recent episode. What are your thoughts on Leo? Well, I watched his romance novel photo shoot <laughs> execution. God. <laughs> that was a whole thing. That, that was, was something. A um, that was a choice, yes. Yeah, and he is—he's uh, pretty into himself. I did get to see my favorite part where he said that he was an alpha. That was—that made me so mad. That conversation made me <laughs> so mad for so many reasons. It was tough because he didn't. It was bad enough that he called himself an alpha, right? Like that's that oh, already yeah. when someone says like I'm an alpha, right? Like you can right? Like I'm an mm. alpha. That's already like that's red flag number 1. Yeah. But do you remember the rest of what he said? Wasn't he talking So this I'm like catching the the front and the back of this drama, but he he was talking about how he like needs to test the waters and meet all of the people <laughs> because he's an alpha. So Correct. But he also said, and he said this to the, so he said this to, um, oh shoot, I'm not remembering her. This is the, the woman who, uh, Joe had been dating and I'm, I don't Yeah, this is why he was sad. I'm super bad with the names on these shows, like in general, like it took me a good 30 seconds to remember that Kenny G's name is Leo. (laughs) Um, but, uh, oh, Kendall, Kendall's her name. Yeah. Um, so Kendall was going out with Joe and they were getting to like each other. And then Leo comes along and, and they, and he asked her on a date. Cause one of the things in the show is a new person comes in and they get to ask someone on a date. And so he hit it off with Kendall and they went on a date and he says to her, you know, I'm an alpha. 
And, you know, I mean, it's fine that you used to date Joe, but, like, you know, it'd be different if you, like, made out with him in front of me. Because, like, I'm an alpha, and, like, I like to know that, like, my woman is mine, you know? Oh, yeah! That was bad. I wanted to punch him in the face. Like, what the... You don't... You don't say that, period. You don't... No! You you don't... That that is it. You you don't own people. You don't (laughs) own the person you're dating. That's not how... Especially not when you've known them for six hours you have no commitment to this person you certainly don't own them and you certainly don't get to say to their face you know i just like to think that my woman is mine because she's not your woman she's not your property like what the oh i I got so like i got mad enough that i tweeted about it which i don't generally do about the bachelor but like it it roused me to the point where i was like fuck this guy yeah he was terrible he's horrible He's horrible. There's a string of problematic men on this season, uh, all spinning out of the most recent season of The Bachelorette, who are just all horrible. But Ugh. because they're horrible, they're great TV, so the producers are leaning into it. Right. Yeah. There was some interesting behavior across the board. Let's say that again. On a maybe lighter note, can I ask you now about the giant dog murder? <laughs> okay. <laughs> So what? Let's talk about the giant dog murder. What? Uh, frame this up for me as to what? 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 What do we need to talk about for the giant dog murder? What? What? What are the? What are the pieces that? Because that, I don't remember what happened in exactly what episode. So, so yeah. maybe for the audience's benefit and for my benefit, what pieces did you see and what pieces? What blanks do I need to fill in here? So, in a previously on type of setting, they showed model bro who in the first episode said. A place as beautiful as me, finally. Correct. For for context. Um, showed him throwing some kind of tantrum and <laughs> then proceeding to throw a giant stuffed dog like one you'd get at the carnival yes. into the ocean. Correct. Okay, so that, did that all happen in the episode b- before you watched? Yes. Okay. I, I binged some of this, so it all it all blends together as to when it happened. Okay. <laughs> So, Jordan is is mo- douchey model bro. Yep. He's a male model. Jordan and David. David is this... Uh, the chicken guy. The chicken guy, correct. Uh, in fact, on his like lower third, whenever he's on screen, it says, David, like former chicken. Oh, no. <laughs> because in the first night of The Bachelorette, he came out of the limo in a chicken suit to be memorable. Because the producer told him to, because he has no personality. So they're like, I know, we'll dress you up like a chicken. And then people will remember you. Because oh. you, to make up for your lack of personality. So David is a douche. Um, he's, I think, a VC or something. It, he okay. sucks. He sucks. <laughs> um, Jordan is a male model. He also kind of sucks. He's way into himself. Yeah. Way too into himself. Um, so they both suck. But they, they, really um hated each other on the bachelorette the most recent season of the bachelorette okay. they really hated each other they fought all the time it was a big source of drama great source of drama for the show you know of course they had them go on a two-on-one date with the bachelorette and so that they would both fight with each other you know yeah that's how it goes um and so naturally they were like well they both got eliminated so they're both going to paradise because they were great tv we need to keep that gravy train going <laughs> so they both went to paradise, and I'm sure some producer was whispering in both of their ears. Anytime any one of them shows interest in a woman there, 
they whisper in the other guy's ear to make him think that he's also interested so that they'll fight over her. Right. To keep the drama alive. So there's this woman, Jenna, who came on. I'm not sure. She must have been from a few seasons ago. I didn't recognize her, but she came on. Um, she seems lovely. And and uh, Jordan and she and Jordan hit it off immediately. And they really had a really great, a great connection. David, because some producer whispered in his ear, I'm sure, was like, oh, I need to go and hang out with her, too. And it like happened to be her birthday. So he brings her like birthday cake, whatever kind of birthday cake he can find there. And Jordan <laughs> gets all jealous. It does seem for all intents and purposes, it does seem like Jordan, the male model and Jenna do have a fairly genuine connection and they really like each other. And he immediately is like, oh, I'm really into her. And. You know, he only talks about himself. So when he starts talking about another human being, I'm like, okay, maybe he actually cares about this person. Uh huh. So they hit it off, and David is trying to break this this up because, again, some producer told him to be good for his career or whatever. Uh, as a chicken. Um. So then he gets after the birthday cake. He got her this giant stuffed dog. On like, I think he brought it to her. They have like a big cocktail party before the rose ceremony where people get eliminated. I think he brought it to her at the cocktail party. Gotcha. And so Jordan threw a fit because he's like, this is the girl that I like. Why are you stepping in? And my, you know, she and I have a connection. Why are you trying to get in the way? So he threw a fit. And because Jordan's never been told no in his whole life or (laughs) ever had anything taken away from him in his whole life or really faced any kind of adversity at all ever. He threw a fit and he took that giant stuffed dog that's like the size of a person and he threw it in the ocean and then he cursed out a couple of women when they were like, dude, what are you doing? Um, He cursed them out because, yeah, yeah, he's a nice guy and um, and he threw a fit and then he had to go on a PR apology tour and tell all the women that he respected them and that he was sincerely apologizing, even though he was kind of only just apologizing just so he could stay on the show. Um, (laughs) And that was it. That was, that's the story. That's the story of the killing a dog. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot more dramatic somehow than I thought it may be. (laughs) Right. Isn't it like surprisingly, like it's more dramatic and some of it's like, I can see that. And some of it's like, no, but you're just a narcissistic jerk. Yeah. So, so the other guy who he got mad about. Yeah, David is the same guy who said, "Unfortunately, I can't marry my mom." In the intro, he like lived at home, and she fed him food. Oh yes, yes, really weird. Yes, that's right. Yes, yeah. He has really fallen far. Like I said, I think he's like a lawyer or a VC or Mm. something like that. But he, they, you know. The show came to him, I guess, and was like, this would make you look good. So he just does whatever they say, because I think he's kind of a fame whore. And um, it doesn't make him look good at all. It no! makes him look like a stupid, you know, man child, uh, which is what he really is. But um, it makes him look like one. And there you go. Yeah. They were talking in the most recent one, right before I ended up quitting on it, um, <laughs> that... They were all the girls were talking about like, oh, Colton's just wants to be on TV, and that's why he's here. Oh, Colton! Like, but but why are you here? Are you not also? <laughs> because I want to find love. Oh God! I will say though, I will say, and this is because Marissa has has kind of my wife has has reminded me of this time and time again. 
there have been more successful relationships out of Bachelor in Paradise in three years than there have been out of The Bachelor and Bachelorette in like 15 years. Aha! Statistically, there have been, it's been a higher rate of marriages in Paradise than there has been on the other shows. So that's something it's got going for it. I mean, I'm glad these people are finding each other and not finding like me. <laughs> Whenever I watch this show, I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not dating anymore. Oh my god! I know. Oh my god! I'm so glad I found my person. It seems truly terrible. So bad. So bad. So bad. It's just, oh, it's so bad. Yeah, I mean, Colton's a whole other story. There's a whole Tia and Colton drama that that they've managed to successfully carry over from the Bachelorette into this show. So. Yeah, I followed that pretty well. Okay. So you're caught it up was, on that. Yeah, that was when I truly learned how much they're just fucking with these people. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Because these two, T and Colton apparently went on like a date. Like, like, like they spent like a weekend together. Yeah. And they've made it into like the love affair of all love affairs to last the ages. Like Romeo and Juliet <laughs> step aside. Here comes Tia and Colton. Oh. But it's bullshit. It seems like bullshit. The whole thing's bullshit, Kelsey. The whole thing is bullshit. That is that is fair. The people in it think it's real, but you know, the fish in your fish tank think they're in the ocean. <laughs> they don't know any better. They're getting two cocktails an hour, damn it. They're getting two cocktails an hour. <laughs> They're getting fed flakes from above that they don't know a damn thing. They're just like, glub, glub, this is life, I guess. <laughs> they don't know better. They're just, they're, you know, they're just fish in a tank. What do they know? They don't know that you're manipulating, you know, that you turn on the heat, you give them food. They don't know you've cleaned the tank. They don't know any of that. They're just like, no. this is the ocean, I guess. <laughs> Oh, man. You know, I wrote down in the first one that there was a girl who was scared of sand. I don't really know how that panned out, but... I don't remember who that was. <laughs> I vaguely remember that from the first episode, but I don't remember who that was. Yeah. Good yeah. luck to her. I know. Well, here's, you know, the other <laughs> thing about the show is that people do tend to pair off, and when they do... They they they're dead. They're done. You don't. You, they, they stay on the show, but they get zero screen time anymore because they're uh, not interesting. Per the producers, they're uh -huh. not interesting anymore because they found a person and they're happy. And God forbid you should be happy. God forbid you achieve the supposed goal of this program. Right. Right. If it happens too early, <laughs> then it's like, well, okay, we'll come back to you in the finale and pressure you into getting prematurely engaged. But until then. <laughs> You're off. You're you get done. one cocktail an hour now. <laughs> You're not worth it. In fact, just make you know what? It's just just juice. Like just mixers. Aww. You get just mixers. Oh. It's so wow. it's so transparent. It really is. Um, do you have any other final thoughts about Bachelor in Paradise that you want to share? Yeah, I hate watch it, but I kind of love it. It's it's fun. It's stupid, but it's fun. It's the only Bachelor product that I actually enjoy to some extent. Um, so when we decided to to hate watch it for the show, I was like, great, now it's homework. So I like, I guess I have to watch it. But um, but I I enjoy 
paradise just because it's it doesn't take itself too seriously. The one thing that I wish they had done, they haven't done it yet this season, and I regret it mainly because you didn't get to see it, is they have sometimes more than more than a handful of times on this show literally um shown the wild animals in, in this area i mean like i'm talking like the crabs on the beach or whatever oh i saw the crabs yeah so they've done prolonged shots of the crabs oh, or no. birds or whatever on the beach with like speech bubbles Oh, that's fun. And had them, like, narrate what was happening. Like, I can't believe that Tia is going to date Colton. Like, literally (laughs) had, like, parakeets talk to each other in speech bubbles as narration. I guess this year that's Wells and Yuki behind the bar instead. But they literally (laughs) actually used to have animals narrate this once in a while that's how little this show takes itself seriously is they would have the actual animals on this island well not an island but on this beach talking to each other in speech bubbles like a freaking comic book i kind of love that it's that was like honestly kelsey one of the biggest highlights of that show when they would do that (laughs) and it was rare it didn't happen all the time by any stretch it happened like a couple times a season but when it happened it was a highlight and i'm very sad you didn't get to witness that because it was like kind of delight. It was the, one of the most breaking of the fourth wall things I've ever seen, and it was kind of delightful. Well, Frank, so. if it happens on this season, you let me know what episode, and maybe I will find my way there on on demand. You're the first person I will tell. <laughs> I if they would give me a like TLDR thirty minute version mm-hmm. per week instead of four hours. <laughs> I think I could continue to watch it. Considering they only have about 15 minutes of content for every two hours, that's a fair ask. Right? I think so. I mean, kudos to their editors for making it last as long as it does, but... They stretch it out, man. That romance novel shoot was a full 10 minutes, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) That was insufferable. And then they actually had the actual, like, here's the photo we chose, here's the cover of the novel. (laughs) (sighs) One part that I did actually laugh like legitimate lull was <laughs> when Joe salty Joe uh, <laughs> sat down with Jordan and was telling him about this girl's date with weird Al. And he was like, well, what'd they do? And he's like, they reenacted a romance novel and they both <laughs> laughed, like crying, laughing. And I thought that was actually really funny. <laughs> Cause like they know, like right. they've all been produced. So yeah. they know, like, how ridiculous it is when you get produced. Oh, it was so bad and so funny. So great. All right, so do you want us totally switch gears? Let's do it. Let's, let's, let's go from the hate watch to the love watch, I guess. So the second thing we watched, also a new, well, a new reality show this year, also on Tuesday nights, not Monday nights, uh, <laughs> is NBC's Making It. Which I can only describe as the Great British Bake Off, but for crafts. Yes! So I had, okay, I had seen promos for this show, but I didn't really wrap my head around what the format was. Yeah. Until literally yesterday. When I <laughs> That's amazing. I watched the first three episodes. So 
They already had me when I heard about this show, and they said, great British baking show, but crafts. And then they said, oh yeah, and you get Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman. And then I was just thrilled. I can see, like, I can see you, like, like walking away and being, like, not interested. And then you hear, like, Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman, and you, like, run into the room with, like, a bucket of popcorn, like, ready to watch. Like, okay, I'm here. I'm here. Let's do this. Let's go. Let's oh, yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah. Um, so this, basically, for those who haven't seen it, not as well known as Bachelor in Paradise, the premise is basically, I think it's ten people who start, right? Maybe eight? I think you're right. Uh, it's a small group, but same as Bake Off, you're in a tent, here you're in this barn situation, Mm -hmm. uh, you have a little crafting bench, and you have to achieve, like, two crafts during the show the first one is a fast craft and the second one i don't have they named that one the faster and the master the master yes they're usually challenges based around an idea or a theme and amy poehler and nick offerman are sort of the melon sue like fun hosts and Mm -hmm. then they have two judges who come in and actually do the evaluations and the kicking offs basically, Mm -hmm. of the contestants, and it's pretty quaint, and it's pretty great. It really is. It's just, like, fun. I always love that format. I've actually, I've never watched Great British Bake Off, but I have watched many of the other Food Network shows (laughs) that have the same format. Uh Uh-huh. And I always enjoy that format, and... I'm not generally a reality TV person, despite everything you've heard up until now on this podcast. <laughs> I'm really no, not. No, I'm not either. I'm not either. Right. I, I'm I'm really not. I'm actually generally very anti-reality television. Um, but I I do enjoy, like, this format of, like, you know, here's, like, 10 or 20 people pitched against each other in a very confined time period doing something they're very good at. Because I like watching people do something they're very good at. And... You know, you get to meet meet these people, sort so to speak, and get a feel for their personality, and you get invested in them. And oh, I really hope that she wins because she seems so nice. Whatever. And this show does that so well, mm-hmm. um, and it really makes me like I I, I root for basically everybody because um, there's no villains, right? On The Bachelor, there's villains. On this yeah. show, it's just everybody. You're rooting for everybody, and maybe you're rooting especially for the person that you identify most with or whatever, but you're kind of in everyone's corner and it's just good, you know, feel good TV. First of all, I need to urge you to watch Great British Bake Off. I know, I know. It's the best. I know it is. But I agree with everything that you said. Um, (laughs) It is nice. I feel like they're playing into all of the... fun parts of Bake Off. They're playing into, like, the punniness in a, like, ridiculously fun way. (laughs) Yes, they really, they really are. (laughs) You have to be the right kind of person to deliver that and the right kind of person to receive it, but Mm -hmm. I'm here for it. Um, The one thing that I am a a little disappointed about is that on Bake Off, what I like about it is that every week it's a new type of baking, right? So it's bread one week, and then it's pastry, and then it's, 
you know, cake and then okay. you name it, whatever. It's a different type of baking every week and it's a sort of a different specialty. So what happens is you can be a really good cake maker, but if you don't understand the fundamentals of bread, right. you're not going to make it to the end. Got it. So what I thought the show would be when I heard about it was that, you know, it would be more about the materials. Yeah. And that one week it would be wood and one week it would be yarn and one week it would be embroidery, you know, sure, whatever. Sure, 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 And what I think they kind of fall flat on is when they're pulling in people who, like there's a felt artist that A, makes money off of that. So it's not really like a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um but that's what he uses in a lot of his work. And so that it's kind of different because he's still only relying on that main skill and doing it really well versus having someone who maybe can work with 12 different materials in a fairly effective way. Yeah, so they cut a lot more slack, I guess, to the people who are good at one thing because the 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 challenge is are a little more open-ended as to what materials you're using yeah. rather than bake off or, or, you know, name your favorite yeah. food network show where they're like, okay, you have these like three obscure ingredients make something amazing out of it. Right. And I think they do encourage them to break outside of their comfort zone. Uh, sure. And they, they do rise to that challenge for the most part, but, it is something that I would have liked to see highlighted more, and I feel like if your goal is to crown a master crafter, that would be really what that would look like. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then my only other little tiny gripe that is fine because it probably made the show happen is that it's totally a giant Etsy branded content play. <laughs> oh, absolutely it is. <laughs> because one of the judges literally works at Etsy. Literally! Like, every comment she says, it's like, well, this is really trending on Etsy right now. Right. Right. Which you're right. So I got the distinct impression this show was strapped for cash from episode one. I got this impression. Yeah. Did you get... Yeah, you did too? Yeah. I mean, I I knew it was happening, like, two... I don't know, a whole year ago. So I thought that they had, like, something in mind. Like, they were... It was a short order. It's six episodes. Like, pretty... um, you know, not going to break the bank, but I did get the impression that they needed some kind of, like, key sponsor in order to make yeah. it happen. Well, the, so I, I actually... Okay, so you're in a whole different... So you knew about it a year ago. Yeah. I only knew about it, like, two weeks before it started airing, yeah. maybe? And even then, I, like... I, I knew it was Amy and Nick, and I didn't really know anything else. I didn't know the format or anything. So I knew very little about it going in. But I knew these are two people who I really, really like, so I, I I had a feeling I'd like it. But okay, I watched the first episode and I get the 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 Etsy um woman is there and she's a judge and and great. Okay, so that's one thing. But then they say they mention just in passing, like, oh, and the prize at the end of this is a hundred thousand dollars. And I was like, Okay, that's cool, but like it's twenty eighteen and like a hundred thousand dollars is honestly not that much for like mm-hmm. prize money for a show anymore. As crazy as that sounds, like I'd be, yeah. you know, that'd be the, the most life-changing thing that ever happened to me if I suddenly got $100,000. But still, for a TV show, it's not the biggest amount of money I've ever seen. So there's that. And then 
they have these challenges along the way to winning the $100,000, right? Yeah. And the challenge is the prize is a little patch. Yeah. And that would have been fine, except they keep drawing attention to the fact that the prize is only a patch, which to me says they were hoping the prize would be something cooler than a patch. Like in the first the first time they gave out the patch, Nick Offerman literally said, some shows give away money or a, or a vacation. We give away a felt patch. So I'm like, oh, they were hoping for a bigger prize and NBC couldn't give them the money for it. So now they have to give out a patch and they're a little bitter about it. So they make jokes to deal with it. <laughs> so let me tell you how I interpreted that. Because okay, it, tell me. Yeah, I, I think based on what I'm gleaning from watching it, they were really trying to like tip a hat in the direction of Bake Off in a, in a very big way, but... The prize on Bake Off, the ultimate prize, is that you get a cake stand and you get the satisfaction of winning Bake Off. That's the that's the end prize at the end of Bake Off is just like bragging rights and a cake stand? Yes. Wow. And every episode someone gets named Star Baker. That's it. Wow. Okay. Maybe I totally misread that. I if I'm assuming that that they're basing it off of that model, that's why I think they said like, "Oh, the prize is a hundred thousand dollars, but we're not making a big deal about the money." Okay, I may have misread that then. All right, that's All my right. guess. Is they're like, "Well, we're Americanizing it, so we're going to involve money somehow." There but... needs to be some money because we're Amer- <laughs> we're capitalist Americans. Right. I could be wrong, but. That's how I read that. You sound way more right than I am, so I'm going to go with you. <laughs> but I kind of like that also, because it's so pure. <laughs> There's a lot more charm to that, right? Like the yeah. idea that it's 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 about the pride of having won and about being good at your craft. And it's a little bit of like Pawnee goddesses. You got to get a patch. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so... Speaking of Pawnee, how do you feel about Amy and Nick? They are just toned down versions of Leslie and Ron. And it's amazing. And it, I am so here for it. It's so amazing. Like they are when they when they do the the, the pun offs and mm-hmm. when they it's so fun. It's so fun. I am like so so there for it. We were watching last night and we were just having a blast, like watching them go back and forth, you know, spinning yarns, if you will. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. <laughs> I also like the bit they do at the end where they decide that whoever gets kicked off is going to live with them in their tiny house on this property. Yes! It's I, so yes. good. <laughs> I love it. I love the idea that they're like, oh, cheers to you, you know, loser. <laughs> like, <let's... laughs> It's so great. And just, and just the idea that they pretend that they live in the same tiny house together. For the right. duration of the show is is kind of delightful. It's so amazing. I didn't know how annoying it would be with the dynamic of like her pretending or saying she knows nothing about crafts, and then him being like, "Oh, let me tell you about wordworking things." Right. But it actually works for me. I it does it does yeah. Especially that could come off really mansplaining if they did it wrong. Mm-hmm. But first of all, I'm not sure that Nick Offerman has a mansplaining bone in his body. No. And secondly, no. they literally made a mansplaining joke in like the second episode. <laughs> they did. Like, which was fantastic. I mean, he was just ad-libbing, but like that was fantastic. 
so yeah, no, it, it comes off just very. It's a very. It's a. It, it's a show that comes from a nice place. Like it comes. Isn't from that a, rare? It is so exceedingly rare. Where it just is a nice show from nice people who want to be nice to you on your television. And be like, <laughs> here, we're going to celebrate people who are good at something. Something <laughs> we will tangible. not be throwing stuffed puppies in the ocean. <laughs> right. We are not going to murder a puppy on television tonight for your amusement. <laughs> we will be making a puppy out right. of these weird supplies. Here we go. <laughs> What has been your favorite craft so far? I like the terrariums a lot. Um, the woman who made the San Francisco yep. uh, terrarium, she won that challenge. That was really cool. Because um, that was the one where it's like, oh, she's going to win. She has to win. Like, that's yeah. amazing. That, that's, just, that, that's just, she has to win that. So I really liked that challenge a lot. That's one of the best. What about you? What, what, was, what have been your favorites? I really liked the taco truck. Oh, that was cool. That was the felt guy. Yeah, it was the felt guy. After all the shade I threw at him as an example. <laughs> but I thought that was so fun. And so the challenge was that you had to create a, a play space, right? Mm-hmm. And so his was a little taco truck and you could play like store inside the taco truck or kitchen or whatever. And then like do the sales function in the kitchen part. Which were like the only things I did as a child. So I was like, oh, that would have been so fun. <laughs> totally. And then you could play like driving a car too, right? So totally, yes. The whole package in a taco truck. It was everything. It had mm. everything. I mean, they literally they, they they touched on something that was so integral to my childhood, which was like the idea that every flat surface can suddenly become a place where you like pretend to be having a transaction. Oh yeah, you, totally. Right? Where you're just like, oh, I'd like one hamburger, please. Here you go. Coming right up. Like, like <laughs> I literally would do that as a kid all the time. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. I also liked, I liked the, oh, uh, I don't remember any names either. Um, They had to do like a family album. I think it was the first episode. And one of the contestants made this like heart-shaped hanging piece. And it had all yeah. these different like. Um, like a tangram feature and every single piece had like a different, totally different treatment. And I thought that was cool. That was so cool. And they were, when he, he was like, yeah, I'm making tangrams. And they were like, what is, what's a tangram? I don't like, yeah, I remember <laughs> when you were a kid. And they were like, sure, I remember what you talking about. And then he showed them and they were like, oh, these things. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally that. Yes, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, my favorite bit so far with Amy and Nick related to crafts, though, was I think you watched this one, too, um, was the one where Nick just looked for meat and all of the snack crafts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he critiqued everybody, like, needs more meat. And they were like, I'm a vegetarian. He's like, well, you shouldn't be. <laughs> it was so fun it was it really was Ugh. so if you're out there and you need something to just delight you and not bring any drama at all <laughs> go watch making it i could not agree more it's so much fun it's a so fun, fun show which is 
which is rare and it's just it's it comes from a place of being nice <laughs> it just comes from like the heart which is like what you expect from amy poehler because she's just a lovely human being and it's it's just real it's just it's nice it's real the two of them are funny they're they're you know, less intense versions of Ron and Leslie and but they still have fun and they poke fun at each other. And it's it's just gentle fun. Uh, I, I could not give it a bigger endorsement. Exactly. And here on Hate Watch with us, we still like to be nice sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> and if you need to hate watch something and have four hours to spare, we've got that for you, too. So. Ex- you know, exactly. <laughs> we run the gamut. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Frank, and being a great replacement in place of my favorite podcaster, no offense. (laughs) I will never be a replacement for her, but I am happy to temporarily fill in. Yes. It was so fun, and I'm so glad you made me watch Bachelor in Paradise because I understood what my staff was talking about today at work. There you go. (laughs) All right. Well... If you want to check out Frank's show, Beer with Geeks, you can find that and a lot of other Frank-related content at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Way too Um, much Frank-related content. So much much. Frank-related content. Any shows you want to call out besides Beer with Geeks? Um, I would talk about Supergirl TV Talk, which if you enjoy... Uh, the Supergirl show on the CW. We talk about that every week and we break down every episode and we have a, a lot of fun doing it. So yeah, I would I would call that one out. Go listen to it. It's going to be great. Um, you can find us if you want to talk about Bachelor in Paradise or making it or pretty much anything else. Uh, hate Watch With Us at Twitter, Hate Watch With Us at gmail.com, HateWatchWithUs.com, which is saved from a 404 error page for the past two months and it's wonderful (laughs) um (laughs) i learned how to do things uh and you can rate and review us on itunes if you want to because you would be a master crafter to us if you did that (laughs) oh (laughs) be a master crafter give give hate much with us a five-star rating that it truly (laughs) deserves because kirstie and kelsey put so much work into a great show Except for this summer when we've done literally nothing. Except, except for, for this episode website. when they brought Frank on. But other than that, <laughs> we put so much work into a great show. Uh, well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you when we're back from hiatus. Bye. Bye. All right, should I start? Kick us off. Let's do this. Oh, wait, this is weird because Kirstie usually starts it. <laughs> <laughs>